size up with you. And when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing it with the crew? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Settle in. We are back with the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Hafiz, and as always with me is Devin. Devin, how you doing today? I'm doing great, man. It feels good to be back. Whew, that was a long break, but you know, life happens. Family comes first, so you know, <laughs> family comes first, so we got to take care of that, but it feels great to come back, talk about wrestling. How have you been, my friend? Man, I've, I've, I've missed being able to, to talk about a lot of things that's going on week to week. Um, it's, it's been, it's, it's awesome to be back to be, uh, you know, getting ready to talk about what we're going to talk about with everything, all the news and notes and from everything, raw SmackDown, NXT and AEW. This will be one of the first times that we've really talked yeah. about AEW. Yeah. So I'm real oh, excited man. to talk about that. Um, saw so double or nothing, you know, I definitely, you know, I'm going to share some, some thoughts on that and what we th- what I thought and, and what you thought as well on that that show and just overall like how the landscape of wrestling looks. So yeah, I'm excited. I've been I've been good just, you know, enjoying some some wrestling, uh not enjoying some aspects of wrestling. Uh you know, there's <laughs> there's the back and forth for sure, you know, there's two Yeah, sides to yeah. It. there's some good in it too, so we'll we'll yeah. get into that. So definitely, yeah, man. Definitely. Yeah, it's a lot has happened since we took that long hiatus, you know, I think Avengers Endgame came out, yeah. Game of Thrones, final episode, yep. with controversy with that. Oh, man. That's oh, a whole other podcast in and of itself, really talking about <laughs> the controversies with Game of Thrones, man. Like, uh, like you yeah. know, an Endgame, I mean, I guess just general notes. I know this is, this sidetrack is a little bit. Endgame, saw that, loved yeah, it. Yeah, but this is great. our podcast, so we can yeah. do what we want to do. Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I loved Endgame. You know, I've been watching Endgame since the beginning, since the very first, for instance, Iron Man. You know, saw all the shorts, you know, I watched the TV shows, watched the Netflix shows and, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter and everything. So ate it all up. And, um, you know, Endgame was very satisfying for me. Um, I guess we won't get into spoilers or anything on this for people that maybe haven't seen it. Although shame on you if you have not seen that the right. Endgame yet. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> shame on you if you haven't. Um, but Joe, overall, it was just very satisfying for me. I really enjoyed Endgame. Um, Game of Thrones. So I'll say this: the journey was better to me than the ending. That that's the way that yes, I'll put it. Yes, yeah, yeah that, that's well put. Yeah. That is well put. The journey was cool. Yep. But man, that the way y'all you guys closed. Oh sucked. man, yeah. D and D. You know, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Like here, here's the thing that boggles my mind with that. Yeah. So they apparently HBO wanted them to do more episodes right they wanted them to do i think a full season you know their usual i think it's 10 episodes usually yep and that's right you know the showrunners said no we want to do it in six you know we want to do a shortened season 
And you couple that with the fact that we had a whole year layoff. It was two years, basically, yes. the last yes. season. So yep. you would think, okay, it's going to be less episodes. Well, they've had two years to work on it. It would be a story that was very well refined and thought through, and it'll pay off everything, and it'll make sense, you know. And for me, I, I was just like, and, and and I'll say this from the beginning. From the beginning of the season, I did see some things. And I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure, but I was okay up until episode five. To be honest with you, there were some things with with the Battle of Winterfell that I. Eh, I could nitpick, but I'll be yeah. honest. I did actually really enjoy the the Battle of Winterfell. I thought that was that That's was fine. That's my favorite episode. Uh, what is it? Episode three, Ep- I believe. Episode three. Yeah. Yep. Episode three. Fa- my favorite episode of that season. Definitely. I've, I've re- rewatched it countless times. Yeah. I've downloaded the episode on my phone, so even when I go out of town next week, I'm gonna be watching that on the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I feel like they. For me, it almost ended right then and there. Like once. Once it ended, once that episode capped off, it was like, okay, you know, it just ended on such a, like a lot of what we've been building towards ended right then and there in that episode. Yeah. That for me, it was almost like, well, where are they going to, I mean, I know we've still got things to do, but where are they going to go from here? And then exactly. episode four was kind of like trying to tease the whole war coming, you know, with, with Cersei and, you know, trying to get us there. But yeah. episode five, I was just like, it was the head scratcher. I'm like, wait a minute. What? What are we doing? Yeah. I guess spoiler like warning bell, so that we can like, talk like a little they bit more in detail. The bell. Like they run the bell. Yeah. And she just yeah. torched everything. So <laughs> basically, yeah. Like they, I mean, for people that don't know, you know, this is we'll just we'll just talk about that a little bit. Daenerys, you know, um essentially her character, she had this whole time been uh, the breaker of chains, right? Like she was going to be the person that was going to break the wheel and change things. And, you know, she was freeing slaves and, and killing slave masters and doing all this stuff to get to the throne. And, yes. you know, at the end of it, you know, she basically had won, right? She had gotten what she what she wanted. She had um, had Cersei beat. Cersei didn't want to give up, but they gave up for her. They said, nope, we're ringing the bells. That's it. We, yep. we're, we're tapping out, basically. And that's with one freaking dragon one dragon bro. which just imagine she had the full squad oh no it, the full it, squad with uh, come on it really? rap. It, 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 it was already a rap it would all be it was a rap like i don't know it wouldn't overkill i don't even know what to call it because it just yes. one which i do have you know some issues with that too like wait a minute so you had the the one dragon still when you got ambushed quote unquote um on sea by by euron and his ships and you know you couldn't do that you um you know one of your other dragons got murdered right then and there but then come this battle you're just able to take out all these ships and um you know take out all of the the scorpions that are on the walls and i don't know there was just some logically i had some issues with that but even well, then, i was willing even to then, accept that exactly. because i was willing to accept that because i figured she learned the lesson like all right i'm gonna go because you, you see how she use was the sun use the sun she was them. very yeah. high she came down full speed like man that dragon was going it was impressive, go like and 300 I was miles now for it but then looking at it again i'm like man this is almost too neat you know what i'm saying like it kind of just worked <laughs> perfectly for her just too clean huh? yeah yeah like, even the golden <laughs> army like you know she then she she came in from behind the golden army and then wiped out the golden an army who we had been, you know, kind of building up for for a, a while, right. a little bit now. Like, oh, you know, the Golden Army—they always fulfill a contract. They, well, they got squashed. <laughs> like it was just complete. Like you guys don't even matter anymore. 
yeah, and then it was, it was over. Like, the, the battle was over, and she said, you know what? That's not enough for me. But my the, the part that I didn't understand is, okay, you're pissed off. They rang the bells. You don't want to give up. You want to kill Cersei, right? Cersei's the one that, that you know, has basically been tormenting you, that killed your friend, that, you know, has is just – she is the target. She should be the target, right? So why are you burning everything? Everybody, right? like the kids, everyone. the children. The children, the children, women, men, just everybody, everybody. families getting wiped out for what? Like, go to the her, power. Her own people, bro. Her yeah. own people. It didn't matter. Everybody was fair game at that moment. And then in the next episode, she's like, well, you know, we liberated all the people of King's Landing. Liberated? You murdered all the people of King's Landing. There was no one left that yeah. felt liberated. There's I'm like, the hold on. Dead this is this chick left. is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. In a way that I felt like kind of wasn't, you know, to her character all that much. But I will say this, that even with that, even with the issues that I had, I still enjoyed, you know, all of Game of Thrones. So there's some people that will say, man, it ruined the show completely. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I, feel well, like, I think they're right. I think they're just being too dramatic. Like yeah, for real. Like, yeah. come on, that one episode just ruined the entire right. series. I, I, I like I get the upset, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of like you want a satisfying ending to something you spent, you know, eight, nine years watching, you know, like it's a long time to invest. And if that ending isn't fully satisfying, I get you be disappointed, you get upset, you know, but at the same time, you can't like that journey that we had. You know, week after week, being able to watch the show, talk with friends about it, you know, talk about theories. And it just gave us so much joy that you can't erase that just by the mere like the ending at the very end of the series fell short of your expectations or went against logic or went against how they were building character. Yeah, they could have done a way better job with how they maybe maybe if they took some more time, took some more episodes to kind of let it breathe a little bit more. It could have worked that's, better, but that's what it was. I did feel I did feel like season eight was 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 rushed. Yeah, I'm like you guys had a year break. You took a year break. You took yeah. a year off. Yeah, yeah, a year off. Yeah, and you hit us with six episodes, giving you know I think the last four or five were hour and a half, I believe. Yeah, and but still, man, it's it, you know I, I I don't think we got enough content. Yeah, yeah, could add a lot more. Could add a lot yeah. more, but. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll cap that at that. You know that that might inspire a whole other podcast right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we kinda... have been talking about that. Yeah, so oh, to our listeners, yeah, you know, like oh, these guys get talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah, we we talk about other shows too. Oh, Me yeah. Huffies have gone in depth about other shows, with the Flash, Arrow, DC shows, you name it. We we talk about it. So stay tuned. Anime, yeah, stay tuned. Anime, absolutely. My Hero, oh, Attack on Titan. That's a whole oh. another thing that's going on, but. Let's get it up back on back on track. Back on track yes, to sir. wrestling. Good old wrestling. All right. Let's start it off right. Dean Ambrose on Talk is Jericho. He went Ooh. on Talk is Jericho. Man. And man. the emancipation of John Moxley happened. Yes. It happened. So Yes, it did. I'll start it with you, man, because you know, you you've been texting and saying, Man, you know, like I gotta do some cross referencing and take notes. And so I'm I am interested to hear what you're what you have to say. Yeah. And just your overall opinions on what John Moxley had to say mm-hmm. and just in general how you feel about the mm-hmm. whole situation with him. I felt like the way he first of all, hats off to John Moxley with that interview. Great freaking interview, bro. Yep. He didn't sound bitter. He didn't sound like he had any uh resentment towards the company. If anything, he was grateful, you know, uh, you know, thankful for meeting his best friend, his wife, you know. Uh, the shield. He was thankful. 
but the way he talked about the the operations, the, the logistics of of the company, woo! He just ripped through that. It, th- that is what I was impressed, man. And, and I think he shined a light that everybody knew, and he just verified it for us. That's all it was. Yeah. He, he talked about how Vince is so controlling. We all knew about that. You know how everything he think is is good shit. <laughs> yep. Quotes. 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 Good oh, shit. That's that's, that's that's such good shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the me- people with memes have been having a lot of fun with that man. Oh, oh yes, boy. such such good shit. <laughs> yes, that that has been a meme that's been going around. Him just expressing how he had so much to give to this company, and they just put handcuffs on him. Yeah, you know that the one thing I could compare it to is you know we were talking about Avengers Endgame, and if you saw Captain Marvel, just spoiler alert, towards the end, you know you found out her true power because she was fighting basically with one one hand behind her back. Yep, and I felt like that for Dean Ambrose. Like when he came back, I was so excited. Uh, but then after the whole reunion with the Dean Ambrose. Uh, with the shield and 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 it went that way. How he kind of turned against Seth. I'm like, all right, let's see where they go. But then he was doing this germaphobe, which he totally didn't like. Yeah, he admitted that. Yeah, you know, and I, I admitted that on, on countless times on, a, on, on we our had a podcast. Whole conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yep. we had a whole conversation how I was not feeling that. Yeah, I, I couldn't yep. because it it didn't it it was silly. And and and, it, and 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 what's crazy is that's how Vince McMahon saw him. Yeah. He saw him as as oh that's that's you that's that's what you are and he was like so I'm an idiot mm-hmm. but that's that's what you are so that's mm-hmm. what Vince McMahon sees you as yep yep he's gonna build you what he sees you as he sees Roman Reigns as a monster so he's gonna build him like that yep he sees Brock Lesnar as his superstar his megastar I can make millions off him so he guess what he treats him like that yep Samoa Joe. That's my destroyer. That's my don't zero Fs. So guess what? He treats them like that. Mm, sometimes. Okay. <laughs> that, that one. That one's debatable. debatable. But debatable. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm going with that. I know where you're going with it. I know you're going with it. So, like that that that's that's the most frustrating part, man. Yeah. Like you, you, the issue is Vince. Vince needs to go. And, and and let Triple H run things. Like I, I know it's gonna. I, I understand that they still maybe will still keep writers, but look how, you know. We're, I know we're gonna talk about NXT. Yeah. You know the the takeover later in the show, but just look how, you know, Triple H is running NXT mm-hmm. with writers, with writers. You know what I'm saying with scripted writers. If I could get that, if I could get a little piece of that on on, on the main roster, oh man, it would go a long way. But but that's that's where we are, man. You know that that's 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 how I feel, man. I felt like everything he said was validated, was confirmed, and everything it was just. Uh, if you are a hardcore fan and you had issues with WWE creative, and basically John Moxley was the voice of the people. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree. I agree. You know, it, it was, it was, man, John Moxley on the podcast with Jericho. It was, 
not really eye-opening because, like you said, we kind of had that idea. Anybody watching wrestling, you know, and paying attention to what's been going on and, and trying to follow storylines that seem incoherent and kind of had eyebrow-raising moments when thing, weird things would happen, you kind of had a feeling like this is what was going on, that yeah. Vince was a big part mm-hmm. of the problem, that, you know, he just he has these ideas that don't really vibe with the wrestler. And I, and I think the biggest thing that I took away from it was that there's a problem with collaboration uh, within the WWE between Vince yes. and his stars and or the writers and the stars, that collaboration is just not happening, that it's, mm-hmm. it's more of a dictatorship. Like, OK, this is what we want you to do. Dean said something that that really struck me. He said, you know, basically, you guys, all you want me to do is read what's on your script. Like, if all, if that's what you need, just hire an actor. Why am I here? Like, why am I here to do this? Like, I can tell a story. You know, I'm able to to connect with a crowd. I'm able to come up with words on my own. I'm a, I, yep. One thing that he loves about, about wrestling is telling stories, is being able to tell yep. a story and being able to create a story. And he, he's, very, like, he's very passionate. The one thing I loved about, he was talking about how he loved wrestling, how yeah. he was passionate. He said that his, his favorite thing about wrestling is cutting promos, and yep. WWE took that passion away. Yeah. Yeah. Be, it, yeah. It, it, it's just, it's it's sad to to hear that. You know, and to think about because even I mean, let's take it back to the the um, the gas mask uh, uh, Dean Ambrose, right? So we had talked about that earlier on yeah. when we first started doing this podcast. That's one of the first like big topics that we went back and forth on. Oh yeah, and we did. For me, you know, it's one of those things where I said I actually want to see where this goes with Dean Ambrose, and I actually didn't mind that whole like Dean Ambrose uh, thing that he was doing with the, you know, inoculations and getting the shot and everything. My problem with it is if it's like, I'll, I'll compare it to um, let's, let's take a comic book reference here. Uh, Venom, uh, the putting Venom in Spider-Man three with Sam Raimi. <laughs> Sam Raimi did not like the Venom character, did not like the character. And, but for whatever reason, Sony was like, no, we have to have Venom. We like that. Like people want Venom. We have to have Venom. So one of two things needs to happen there. Either Sam Raimi, you know, finds it himself to, to be able to collaborate with them and say, okay, if we're going to do Venom, this is how we're going to do it. And, and yeah. then they both buy in. Both Sony and Sam Raimi buys into that idea. Or you get another director that wants to do that particular – to do Venom. You don't force someone to do something that they don't want to do just because – you know, yes. Because in, in what's going to happen is that they're going to be petulant about it. They're going to do it, but they're not going to put their whole heart into it. And eventually it's going to suck. It's just what yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. And I feel like that's You're taking where, a choice out of them and you're telling them that their opinion doesn't matter. Exactly. At the end of the day, basically. Ex- exactly. So what he's going to do. So like in Dean Ambrose's situation, sure, I'll put the gas mask on and I'm, I'm not going to be happy about it. I'm going to phone it in. I'm just going to do this because you're telling me to do it, not because I, I give a crap about it. You know, yeah. and it, that to me, you know, is is the real issue. Like Vin, WWE has had some really like off the wall storylines. There's been all sorts. I mean, we have Katie Vick and you know, like uh, Mark Henry. You know, with uh, with uh, May Young. You know, like mm-hmm. things like that. There's been some weird stuff that's gone on in WWE. But sometimes that stuff can get over if the wrestler is into it. Like Mark Henry had a lot of fun doing those storylines with May Young. You know, yeah, with him, the whole with, sexual chocolate gimmick. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, if you give that to Dean Ambrose, I'm sure, or John Moxley, I'm sure he's going to be saying, "Why? What the hell am I doing? Why? This yeah. doesn't make just because you think I'm the lunatic fringe, I can just do stupid things and it's fine and I'm okay with it." No, like if that's not what he wants to do, 
then you got to be able to to pivot or to want to collaborate with that guy and say, okay, because look, in, in, in any time that I've worked on or worked with or talked to people that do films, you know, or creative works, you know, you, you will go into a writer's room and everybody's going to have ideas. And you kind of just spit yeah. ball and try to figure out like, okay, yeah. what, what is everybody thinking? And then at that point, maybe you'll say, all right, what do we all like about this idea? Cool. All right. Then we'll keep that part. All right. Now, what do we like about this person's idea? Cool. And let's try to come together and figure out like how we can take these aspects that we like and turn this into something that, that we're all going to be behind, that we're all going to buy into. But that, let me interject right here. But that's yeah. that's what a leader does. So so I'm going to talk about the differences between Triple H and Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is a boss. He runs his company like a boss. So nobody's opinion matters but yeah. Vince McMahon. Yeah. So so if you're going to if you want to join WWE and 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 read these scripted lines. Is that for you? Okay, cool. Yep. NXT, you know, Triple H, he is a leader. He runs it like a like a leader. Yeah. He all right, what type of all right, what, what do you have to say? Let me hear your opinions. That mm-hmm. it might not work. Let me tell you why that might not work. But okay, that's cool. That that will work. Let me tell yep. you why. You know, the, the differences, man, the subtle difference will go a long way. Yeah. Yeah, see, and just even more specifically with character, it seems like Triple H is taking what's the best aspects of these wrestlers and shining a light on them. And with Vince McMahon, it seems like he's trying to create them into the person that he sees them. He wants to turn them or shine a light on what he thinks they are, not what is actually great about them. Like with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, for instance, with Triple H, he basically just realized, hey, like this guy is this just charismatic individual yeah. that if I just play his music and let him walk down to the ring, the crowd will be singing along with his music. And then that's it with Vince. It's like, well, you know, I, just, it just seems like he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get no. Shinsuke and he's trying to do all these different things with Shinsuke. Shinsuke to, look, look at Oscar. She's in a tag yep. team called the Kabuchi warriors. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, an Asian tag team called the Kabuchi. Okay, uh, that just shows you his mentality right there, man. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I, <laughs> just it, it's it's cringeworthy, really. This it the, is, hearing man. things like that, man. Like, just he just doesn't get it, you know, with these guys. Yeah, and he, he has it his shows own he's vision. out of touch. He he has his own vision. He thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. When he introduced the wild card card rule, he said, "All right, aren't I great? Aren't I a genius?" Like. I think that's truly how he feels about himself, that he's a genius, that any yep. idea that comes to his mind is genius. And the, for people to question him, for these wrestlers to question his ideas, it just seems like he thinks it's blasphemous because for, for you know, Dean to ha- want to change the script. And then there was a, there was part of the, the podcast. Dean says um, he had gotten word from Vince through someone else. And the, it was like, Hey, Dean Ambrose needs to understand that he needs to read the scripts and he needs to read the verbatim. scripts verbatim, mm-hmm. like as is, and not to try to rewrite or change the scripts. Are you kidding me? Like mm-hmm. what? What? I mean, he is a competent person who can come up with his own stuff. Like this yes. part of the reason why 
I, they signed Ambrose, I'm sure, is because of what he was doing in CZW and the fact that he could cut a promo and the fact that yeah. he, he was able to do these things on their own. So Even before a- NXT, when there was FCW, when they did the whole uh, Shield special, yeah. and you sh- and they did like a little promo, he, he, he was good, man. Even he did like a little promo. He was supposed to do like a, a mat- match with him and uh, Mick Foley. Yeah. And, and I've been like, and I saw the little tease how he showed up, and it was just kind of, you know, it was a, it was a shoot, uh, and I guess he popped up at a casino or something like that, or hotel lobby, and they had like video camera and like kind of like an altercation. Uh, I'm like, dude, he, this is what he does, man. Like, yeah. you, you, if you got somebody who has talent who can bring something to the table, man. But you know, Vincent, man, he runs it like an institution. Yeah, yeah. It's, I just it's, need a body. I don't need what you don't need right. Your, your Literally that. Yeah, I just need a big guy, muscular guy, and I'll just yeah. mold him into who I think the fans are going to mm-hmm. eat up and pay us money to see. And that's it. You know, it doesn't matter if you can get yourself over. Like, because again, a lot of these guys that they're signing now, they've built themselves in all these indie promotions, and they just look down on that. Like, oh, that doesn't matter. You know, like they just want to say, hey, like, okay, take Ricochet and Aleister Black, right? Yeah. You didn't have to do anything with those guys. You just had to have them show up and do what they do best on either Raw or SmackDown, and those guys were already over. But you can already see the tinkering here yeah. and there. It starts with the entrances and then putting the sound effects yep. on the entrances. Yep, and you and got Dean, Dean Ambrose was talking about them, them just overproducing. Yeah. You know, the subtle changes when he when he came back. And when and when Seth said, if you got a Scott, Scottish psychopath, I guess I need a lunatic in my corner. And, you yeah. know, versus just like, hitting the music and just having hit the him music come out. and go. Like yeah. when, when you did uh, uh, for, when you did for Seth, it was no music. He just showed up. Yep. When he returned. Yep. And then and then hit uh, what he hit was it Roman Reigns with uh was a pedigree. Yeah, I think I so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Roman Reigns is—he just showed up. It was no music. Yeah, he just—it it was crazy. I mean, it was perfect. But, yeah, like it, you know, it just overproduced. It just—he just—he needs to put his own stamp on it. I think. I yeah. think Vince feels like it—he it, doesn't. For certain guys, he wants to to be able to say, "Hey, you know, I created this. I'm the reason why this guy's over. I'm the reason why they're this crowd is eating this up." Not just solely yeah. because this guy is getting himself over. And some people, you know, it just had like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, Stone Cold did that. You know, Austin 316, he just made, he just did it. He just chose, like, you know, went off the cuff and did it. And sometimes yeah. it works, you know, and Vince really can't, you know, claim it. But then Vince had to be all a part of his storyline, too. Yeah. So I don't know. That was his like, way you wouldn't have had Stone Cold, you wouldn't have had The Rock, you wouldn't have had Triple H. Right, right. You know, this is when you was letting guys let loose. Yeah. You know, you just gave bullet points for, a promo, all right? right? It was no script. You can't write for The Rock. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. No. You just can't. You can't write for The Rock. You can't write for Stone Cold. Like, certain guys, it's just like, let's let them be. This is what CM Punk was kind of talking about. They would give him scripts, and he would rip it up. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that. Like, this is stupid. I'm going to go yeah. out there, and I'm going to just speak from the from the heart. I'm going to just say what I need to say, and then that's it. That's the, that's all I need to do. Yeah. I don't need this stupid script. And basically, yeah. Dean was kind of like trying to acquiesce to them and say, okay, you're giving me a script. And he's trying to rewrite it. He's trying to work with them. He's trying to collaborate with them to change it. And then it's just getting totally ignored or just be, him being told, oh, you need to read it verbatim. Like, man, that's just, that's, that's, that's wow. You know, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just sad that 
that that you have this old man, you know, just so out of touch with his fans who used to be in touch with his fans. Yeah. But who lost touch with his fans because he, he just want to run the wrestling business as a sports entertainment business now. Yeah. Like he lost his passion. He lost touch of the pulse of the fans, man. I, you know, so the thing that I'm hoping for, and maybe we've, we've talked about this before, is that the, you know, the XFL is supposed to be coming back, yeah. you know, and Vince is going to need to put a lot of energy and focus into that. And I'm hoping that what happens is that Vince decides that he's going to allow Triple H and some of these other guys to actually run WWE more and tell the stories more and be more in control while he handles the XFL because – if he doesn't, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no way that he, he's going to he be able to... He needs to pay attention to that, actually. Yes. And and if he decides, no, I'm going to run the XFL and run the WWE, mm-hmm. like, it, it's just going to be worse. It's just going to be terrible. So, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that when that happens, he's going to have to take a step back because I don't know any other way mm-hmm. that this turns around really in terms of because like, I, I don't see him just waking up one day and being like hey you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start collaborating more or I'm gonna start you know letting the wrestlers like just be themselves and t- you know share their craft the way they want to share you know like I just don't see that maybe with AEW with you know the um what the competition that's coming you know in the fall with this new TNT show you know maybe that'll shake him up maybe double or nothing is is kind of because we'll we'll get into that a little bit in terms of just yeah. like him being a little bit pissed off about yeah. some of the reactions from other WWE superstars, but um, you know, I, I'm I'm we need I'm hoping for something because I love wrestling, I love watching wrestling, I love watching WWE. Yeah, but it's just the product has just not been great, and what Dean, yeah, right, what jo- yeah, and what John yeah. Moxley did with this podcast is he, like you said, he shined a light on the reasons why you know that mm. we're we're seeing these issues, why we're having these problems. So, um, you know. I, I'm just I don't know I don't know Vince yeah. Vince he's he's got to there's something's got to give something's got to change and either it's the XFL or AEW or something but something's got to give. Yeah, man. Like I have this this well you heard it saying before you know trust but verify like basically John just John Moxley just verify of all the issues that we already knew what was wrong with the WWE product. Yeah, it's WWE creative right there. Plain and simple. Because the talent, this is the best talent you ever had. Ever mm-hmm. had. Now, that's saying something. You know, we, I'm talking about like an attitude era when, when, when you had like Stone Cold, you had The Rock, you had Raven, you had Triple H. You know, you got a way better talent in this today's generation. And you guys don't know how to utilize it. You, you guys are falling short. You're gonna you're gonna let AEW just basically basically just sneak up on you guys. Yep. yep. I, I know it's gonna happen. Oh, it's it's it's, it's, it's already going started. To, yeah. Yeah. Because started, it's something man. refreshing. It's something gonna be and, and it's on a national television yep. program. So it's not and like it's TNN. on TNN or Pop or anything like that. Yep. You're gonna see it. It's gonna yep. be promoted well because it's with TNT. So this is this is actual competition for WWE. You can't say like, oh, this is not competition. Yes, it is. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yes, it is. Hundred percent. It's on the national network. It is already. 
Yeah, the timing couldn't have been more perfect for AEW because the week before they did their pay-per-view, and I guess we're going to kind of segue into the this uh, new war brewing between AEW and WWE kind of on a broader scale. So so we'll still talk about John Moxley a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I'll just go back to, to how I felt right after Money in the Bank um, when Brock Lesnar took the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase uh, down. I was so upset. Actually, my first reaction was I just laughed. I just laughed hysterically. I just could not believe what was happening. And I just, I, I guess I was just delirious. And I just started laughing at what the hell had just happened. Um, yeah. I was with my brothers and we were all watching it and, and Brock's music hits. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. All these guys <laughs> have given up their bodies. Finn Bowers taking these crazy bumps. Oh my um, goodness. Ali's yes. taking these crazy bumps. You know, Ricochet's taking these bumps. You know, and then everybody else evolved. Randy Orton is is, is working. You know, uh, just everybody. Um, uh, who else was in the in the match? Drew McIntyre is working. You know, basically everybody. You know, involved. You, all these guys, all these men, putting their bodies on the line, and then Brock Lesnar's music hits, and he he like smiling, and he just just runs up there, like walks up there, saunters up there, and grabs the contract. And I just said, wow. AEW couldn't have came at a better time. Double yep. or nothing. That pay-per-view could yep. have been at a better time. And watching that pay-per-view, it just felt – so, and I, I got to be honest about this too because initial, my general feeling about the pay-per-view, I was just like, ah, oh, breath of fresh air. This is great. Like this is just – you know, it's, it's a true alternative. It feels good. Now, to <laughs> critique the whole pay-per-view a little bit on a whole, Mm-hmm. The first half of the pay-per-view, I actually was not really digging it. I was more excited about the anticipation of the pay-per-view than the actual matches that they started off with. Like Christopher Daniels and and uh, Kazarian, like I'm just not I, – I, I, don't, I don't care about those wrestlers in particular. Um, the match that they had was okay. It wasn't yeah, that great. I, I knew I knew none of them, so, yeah. and so I, I wasn't like invested, but it was good. They gave me a good showing. I I wasn't I wasn't really into it to be honest with you I, mm-hmm. I can't I don't want to lie about that I was checked out in the in the beginning I, and I'm just I gotta be real Listen, you know? yeah be honest man yeah, yeah I, I wasn't I wasn't feeling it they the women's uh, uh, triple threat that turned into a fatal four way they brought out Awesome Kong to make yeah. it a fatal four way and you know the shock value was a, it was I don't know it kind of felt lukewarm to me with that so I wasn't really feeling that one either and even the matchup I was just like I don't the, the women in WWE, they, they put on a better match. They're a little bit more, just a little bit better overall in terms of the, the, the choreography and everything. So I mm-hmm. think they still have work to do there. So it wasn't until Cody Rhodes came out. And when he came out, his entrance was perfect. Yes, I it said, was. damn, this is how this pay-per-view should have started. Like if they would have <laughs> just had Cody do this in the beginning, oh, my goodness. So Cody Rhodes comes out. Uh-huh. And, you know, he and Brandy, his wife, you know, they come out, they come to the ring, and there's this chair, this chair with the, with the, with the cross that looks very well, much well, not like. Not a chair, it was the throne. Well, throne that it looks throne. very much like mm-hmm. Triple H's logo. I mean, it's, it's basically a Triple H <laughs> throne on the, on the set. And so you're looking at this, and they hold that, that picture for, that, that shot for a while, and I'm just like, oh, my God, like, what? What are they doing? And then they get to the <laughs> ring. Brandy goes under the ring and pulls out a sledgehammer. I said, you got to be kidding me. What are they doing? And Cody looks at it, and he's just like, he takes the sledgehammer. He's like, yeah, 
Yeah, and then he goes back to the to the to the stage where the throne is, and then he hits the the. Well, actually, before that, too, the crowd is feeling it. You can tell, like the crowd is just hot, like they are fully invested in this moment. You know, cheering, saying, "Yeah, hit the hit the throne, hit it, hit it!" And he swings the sledgehammer at the throne, and it cracks, and there's just like a little bit of smoke coming out and everything. And he poses up in front of it, and I'm like, "Bravo, guys!" Bravo. That right there was worth <laughs> the price of admission. You guys, just awesome. So, and then the match itself. Oh, my God. Cody yes. and Dustin just. Bro, this, this great storytelling from great beginning storytelling. to end. You needed blood. It needed it. And, oh, man, he was boy. gushing. Man. Ooh, and I, I question whether or not he meant for it to be yeah. that much. Yeah, because, he, was, I mean, he was leaking, bro. He was oh, leaking. Boy. Oh, boy. So, I had to and, like. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna turn away a little bit because <laughs> just the just the drip drip. It was like drip drip drip. You know how man. you see like you know you know how I can compare it to your sink and it's just slowly drip drip. That's how yeah. it was. It was like oh, it was leaking. Yeah. It was leaking. He had a leaking faucet <laughs> for sure, and it was coming from over his head, and he just couldn't he couldn't see at times no. at times of the match. He would when he was leaned over, you could literally see the blood. Pouring from his head, like yeah. it was, it was, it was hard to watch. It was yeah, hard. To it watch. Was. There are parts I was like, man, I don't know. And you know, on this show, we 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 keep it real. So they, Dustin, you know, he he there was a moment. Basically, the spot was uh, Cody had taken the middle turnbuckle off a, a middle turnbuckle pad off, and Dustin's head hit that exposed steel. So he rolls out, and then he blades and cuts himself in the head to make that happen and all that, and that's yeah. fine. Like, we all know the, the secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't act yeah. like we don't see that, whatever. But the visual, the storytelling, oh, my God. Yes. Like, it just helped to enhance it that does. story and to make you care about what Emotionally was going on. invested and, like, uh, like you know, what, what we're talking about, the blood, that's 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 the emotion. Yeah, you know, if if you didn't have the blood, we're not talking about that. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is possible to have great matches without the blood, definitely, hundred yeah. percent. But, but sometimes that add... blood gives it. It's like a bonus. Like, oh, yeah, it didn't need that. Yeah, it adds. It definitely added something. It yeah. added something. If you take it away from this match, you, it's a different match for sure. And yeah. it definitely added something. And again, with the blood being in his eyes, and he just couldn't see. And then Cody, there was a moment, too, where Cody was on the outside. He threw Dustin in the ring, but some of his blood was on the ground. And he wiped some of the blood off of the ground and onto his hand and then onto his chest. And he's smiling. And I'm like, this is getting sadistic. I got to <laughs> like this. Like, <laughs> this is real good. So, and then, like, the mats cover with it. Anyway, it just visually, the story it's telling, it was, it was great. It was like old school wrestling. It was really fun to watch. Um, kudos to both of those guys for putting on a, a truly five-star performance. Um, I think Meltzer might have given it a five star. I didn't. I, I don't. I heard something about him giving one of the matches uh, almost a perfect score, if not a perfect score. And I think I would have to imagine it would have been that one because of just the emotion that was going on. People were crying, you know, at the end of it. Like it was, it was something to see, man. And and like I said, for me, I wish that to me that's actually when it started. That's when the the pay per view really got going to where yeah. I really felt myself you know, like enjoying it and caring and, and wanting to see more. You know, and then from there, it just like everything was just hitting like left and right. Bret Hart came out with a title. And that was that was awesome moment for Adam Page. Yeah. For what's his name? M. Is it MFG or MJ? I, I'm, I'm new to that. That wrestler. Not sure. MJ. Acronym. MJF. 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 Yeah. Basically, yeah. their Miz essentially is, is what he's kind of yeah. looking yeah. like. 
I yeah. thought he cut a great promo. So, uh, well, I've heard rumors that he he's on the Steve Austin Stone Cold podcast, and he's in full character. Ooh, I got it. And Stone that. Cold is going okay. with it too, and he's having a ball. So I have to listen to. It. I'm letting you know. Nice. So maybe we could listen to it and talk about our next next week's show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll check it out because I did not know who he was until that promo, and I said, "Damn, this guy yeah. got a promo." And and he yeah. was doing it on Bret Hart. Oh, bro, he said, "Bro, the best there is, the best there was." But you know what? Forget that that catchphrase because that catchphrase sucks. And I'm like, "Oh my god, the Bret Hart!" Oh, even before that, before that too, when he was first walking down the ramp, he was talking to Bret Hart, and he said, "Oh, wait, wait, Bret, there's a fan coming up to the ring. There's actually the fan." He starts laughing. I was like, "What? Did he really just do that?" Oh yeah, wow. I was like, "Ooh man!" I was like, "I was like, who is this dude?" I was like, "That's the same thing." Like, who is this guy? Okay, okay, I see you. So yeah, I, I, man, I'm I'm gonna be watching out for him. I really like him. And you know what? Honestly, even though it was a great uh, moment for Adam Page to be in the ring with Bret Hart, I felt like MJF kind of truly stole his thunder because he was cutting that promo, and Adam Page wasn't saying anything. Like, he was just taken, and I'm like, man, give this guy a mic so he can say something back because he's the number one contender. You know, he's supposed to be the one that's going to be going to their next pay-per-view to fight for the for the, the new AEW World Championship. So put this guy up. Let him say something. He's just getting destroyed. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. We'll see in the coming months how, how they deal with that. Yeah. But, yeah, M- MJF did a great job. Um, then after that, you had uh, the Young Bucks in their tag uh, team title match. Uh, uh, Ray Phoenix. You know, and uh, Pentagon Junior, the Lucha man, Bros. Talk about tag team Bro, wrestling. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I gotta say something. So, yeah, I thought I saw tag team finest like in NXT. Like, I, psh, psh. bro, yeah. they yeah. just they just set the bar. They yeah. set the bar. They did. They did. They did. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Like, I, I will say that I still. For for because when you mentioned NXT, it kind of grounded me a little bit. It's like, well, man, but NXT, you got a point. I don't know if I would completely say. Oh that yeah, because it, their takeover it, was it like, oh yeah, like tag team wrestling overall. I, I I'm I'm you know I love tag team wrestling and NXT and this to me those are the top two. The Usos yeah. for me are my favorite tag team they are. in the world. Period. Yep. Um, and you could put them against anybody, and I feel like they would put on yep. a great match. Oh yes. But, you know, this match right here and some of the stuff that we've been getting from NXT for since they started, you know, doing things in NXT, man, like, it's yeah. been great. But, yeah, that match in particular was awesome. And then, yeah, the, the main event, you know, you had, uh, um, you know, these two guys, Jericho and um, uh, Kenny Omega. Just Omega! Man, man. <laughs> Kenny Omega. So, full disclosure, I've never seen a Kenny Omega match, like, at a pay-per-view live like that. You know, to see Kenny, you know, wrestle um, like that in this situation where, you know, a new company and everything was awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to watch more of Kenny Omega and I, I gotta be—I gotta be honest too. I'm happy that Kenny Omega did not decide to go to WWE with everything yeah. that we oh, keep hell hearing. Yeah. Hell yeah, hell it would have yeah. been—he yeah. basically would have been treated like a lot of these guys are. Like Vince yeah. probably would have wanted to change his character, to change his name, to do all these different things, to try to you know put his own stamp on it. But yeah. Kenny's his own guy. Like just leave Kenny alone. Let him do. Let Kenny be Kenny. You know, and Kenny real, will real quick. Let me seat. ask you about something within that match. 
Yeah. What do you think of Jericho's Judas Effect finisher? Um, you know, I, I prefer the lion tamer, you know, like the, yeah. the, the lion salt, like all of that. Like, I think the yeah. effect doesn't really work for me with him yeah. specifically. You know, <laughs> I, I, I like classic Jericho moves. Fine. If you want to add that as like a signature move, like right before you put someone in, in the walls of Jericho, let's say. Bro, um, just give me a code breaker. Or code breaker. Fine. I'm, I'm he has so that. many moves. He has so yeah. many moves. Yeah, that I think just, my I think that's my favorite finisher from him because he can hit it from anywhere. Yeah, I, the walls of Jericho for me, you know, and I even went old school and said Lion Tamer, but the walls of Jericho yeah, for yeah, me, he did. That, that, <laughs> I did. That that's my favorite. That's my favorite of his moves, just because it's especially when he puts the knee in the back. Like that's Jericho to me. Like like put the knee in the back to the side and then just kind of wrench the guy. That's so awesome to watch. So I yeah. love that as a favorite. But Codebreaker, when he did first pull that off, I'm like, man, now he's got, you know, a finish that, like you said, can he can hit out of nowhere. You yeah. know, it, it can bring people out of their seats right away. You just you, – you have those moments. It's like when a stunner hits or when something else like that exactly. hits. Like it's just so much fun to, to when, it, when it hits and you just can't really anticipate when it's coming. So I, lo- I love that move. But, yeah, this one, uh, the Judas Effect. It's. It, I don't think it's him. You know, honestly, yeah. I think he's trying to reinvent. I think he's reaching, bit, but that's, that <laughs> was not him. Yeah, I think he's reaching because yeah. he's Chris Jericho. He figured he can uh, he's just. I, I could come up with a whole bunch of. You know, he. <laughs> you know, from WCW, the man with a thousand, and yet, you know, going with that awesome promo. Yeah, just going through through all the thousands of moves he can do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing that's what he thinks he can come up with another move with another move, Judas, but we, that. That Judas effect, hell no, man. That shit is he weak. He could, but yeah, that, that shit one is weak. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna give it the truth. It, it's weak. Yeah, well, and and I guess what he's what he's trying to do too is so you know he's getting a little bit older. He looked a little bit bigger in this one too. So I feel yeah, like he's thick. trying to. Yeah, he looked a little a little thicker than he's than he's been, been before. But yeah. I, I don't even have a problem with that. I yeah, feel but like he maybe, actually he says he's going for that hoss look now. And the he's, he was talking about MMA training, you know, like he's trying to to be a more brutal Jericho, yeah. you know, which is fine. It's just we'll see, you know, because I, I didn't, I don't really care for that finisher. I don't really care. Just being honest with you, giving me, giving you my my honest opinion, you know, I'm not really feeling that one. Uh, bring back the walls of Jericho. That that I'm cool. <laughs> <with>. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, overall, I mean. We talked about the, the entrance, you know, now Vince's side of this, right? So there yeah. were a lot of guys in the WWE oh, yeah. tweeting about yep. AEW. Yep, Big Sasha Banks, yep. uh, Bailey, I believe, yep. uh, Xavier were, Woods. All of them. Uh, yep. uh, Peyton Royce, I think, was saying some things, too. Yeah. Like, there were a yeah. bunch of people, and yeah. Vince did not like that, which, I mean, I feel like, my message to Vince would be like, man, get over it. Like, that, right. that, this, is, this should not be yeah. how it is. Yeah. Like, AEW and all of these other co- like uh, New Japan and uh, ROH, they'll talk about all the other companies, all the other uh, wrestling organizations freely. Like, there's no preciousness around, hey, we can't ever mention the other brand, the other company, right? Like we can't communicate or we can't have personal lives and have friends over there and wish them the best. Like it happens, like they they will talk about some of these other companies. And it just, it boggles my mind that Vince is still stuck in this, like you you have the biggest brand. You are worldwide. Everyone knows you. And yet you are so afraid 
of any of your guys tweeting about another company and like saying, hey, great show. Hope everyone enjoyed the show. Is that really so bad? I, I don't think he's afraid. I think, you know, like I said, he's that bo- he has that boss mentality. And I think he, he just feels like these are my kids. They shouldn't do that. You know, like they they're, that's they're, just ridiculous. Like he's just in that mentality. You know, they shouldn't do that. Not allowed to do that. Yeah, now, I only think it's fear, man. I think you know that's so Vince to think like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading the Big E one. So Big E said, "I hope everyone enjoys." I guess, but double or nothing because it's redacted now. But yeah. I hope everyone enjoys double or nothing today. I generally wish the best for everyone involved in double or nothing or AEW. Is that what? What's wrong with that? What, like literally, he all he's saying is, "Man, I wish. I hope everybody had a good time, and I wish everybody the best that's involved." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, he's just being human. He's just saying, hey, you know, good job, guys. Or I hope everyone has a good time. That's it. That's yeah. not him saying, hey, man, everyone watch AEW and screw the WWE. Like, don't watch my the product I'm on. Go watch AEW. Like, he's not doing that. He's not burying WWE to put over AEW. He's just saying, hey, great job. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's like a New Japan that's, that's guy That's good saying, business, man. That's, it's bad right? business to talk about. Like, even that's your competitor, you'll never talk. Like, even... You know what? I'm in sales, but I don't never talk bad about my competitor. Yeah. You know, I, I just lay out the benefits of what we can do over what they can do, but not talk. I, I never talk about it in, you know, in a negative way, you know, right. and I always steer away from those type of salesmen too. Like I dealt with those like, oh, you don't want to deal with this man. You know, that dude, he's hot garbage. I'm like, you know what, man? You know, nah, I'm, I'm good, man. You know, people like that rub me the wrong way. And yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I so, like, like with Vince, with that same, I don't know. I think he has that same mentality, man. Yeah, that's that. It's just another unfortunate thing that just keeps that's been coming out about Vince recently. It's just this, like, I mean, we talked about it with Dean Ambrose and just the writing and just how Vince is with that. Yeah. And then you have this with the the superstars that are in WWE. Literally just wishing people the best or just trying to shit, yeah. share positivity with the people over there that they're probably friends with, have a history with. Yes. You know, they have reason to want to wish them the best, like in real life. Like this is real life. This isn't, you know, just just they, they have connections with those people there. And so for them to want to say something positive is natural. And we live in the social media age where they have that as a platform to be able to use. It to does. Share. It's an outlet for them, man. Yeah. And so you want to control that too? Like yeah. you just, all you're doing is you're start, you're getting to a point now where you're going to start pushing people away where people are just going to have enough of you being this boss type character person, yeah. you know, to them instead of just letting them be, be uh, themselves or just letting them have the freedom to feel like they could at least say great job to a friend that's in AEW or that's in New Japan or OH or whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, it, that that's just too much. That'll that'll drive some more people away, you know. And and a, for AEW, it's great. I mean, you know what? It's funny. I feel like Vince in a way should be thanking AEW because they're so the way that they do with a lot of the superstars. Let's let's take Shinsuke Nakamura for instance. I'm, mm-hmm. I, that's my favorite example because I'm just so upset about how his huh. whole run is going. Yes. So Shinsuke Nakamura, you have nothing for him. It's clear. You've shown it. You have nothing for him to do. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to use him. You don't care so about a- him. You don't care about him. So AEW is a place that could per- that could use a guy like that. A guy who you know is is charismatic, a guy who's a name who if he goes to AEW today, like that would huh. just be yep. so special it for would. 
AEW for the fan base that's going to watch AEW. It adds another megastar to their roster. It does. And a roster that probably needs more megastars. And it frees you up to not have to worry about writing stuff for him. He can still get paid. You know, is there something – I think I read something heard something about him, like, wanting to stay in America for his family and all of that. Yeah. Now there's another major company that's based in America that would allow him to stay here and be able to, to provide for yeah. his family, do what he needs that to do That pays here. well. That pays well. Exactly. Yep. So and you know what? You know, I think you said it might be a positive for Vince. I think that's a negative. But I think that's a positive – for the WWE rosters when their contracts are getting coming to an end, they can very use that as leverage now. Like, yeah, well, you know what? Well, we're, you know, some some when of I it, say, no, oh, go ahead. Go man. ahead. Well, well, when I say that it's a positive for Vince, it's like if you don't have anything, like you can't just keep. It feels wrong. It feels terrible to me to just hold on to somebody uh-huh. that you have nothing for. You know, and then like they don't get to do anything. You have nothing for them. So what are you holding them? What are you holding on to them for? Like you, you just want to have them on your roster so no one else has them on the roster. Is that it? Just as a competition play? Like hey, you know, we're gonna make sure that that we don't have anything for you, but we don't want you to hurt us in the rating. So you're, we're gonna keep you under contract as long as we can because we know you're good, but we don't want to use. You. Like I just don't understand. Why it would be if because that's the only thing that makes sense to me that that, that yeah. would be the reason why you keep a Shinsuke or keep a Sasha Banks or keep a Luke Harper, you know, and but but they're not happy or they don't want to be there or you have nothing for them. Mm-hmm. It's like just just let them go and have the confidence to say, hey, we're the WWE. We do what we do. We're family oriented. This is what we do. AEW, they're appealing to the hardcore fans, the adults. It's a different fan base. It is. We can it both is. exist at the same time. It will be TV 14 dark. when it broadcasts on TNT. Just letting y'all yeah. know. <laughs> right. And that's great. It's yep. a true alternative. If your taste is going to be more hardcore, watch AEW. If your tastes are more family-oriented, watch WWE. It's so clear to me. Like, NXT is basically mm-hmm. the more of the competition with AEW in terms of the more adult type of 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 like like hardcore wrestling fan is going to yeah. be more in the NXT and, than they and, and I think they will get more I think they're going to get more of an audience too so just think about it man so AEW is going to broadcast in the fall so guess what yeah. you know what comes on TNT in the fall as well basketball Yep. Yep. <laughs> so they're going to be promoting with that too so people watching basketball games guess what you're going to see an AEW promotion commercial yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, man, the, the reach is there. It's going to be great. It's yeah. going to be great. And I just feel like, you know, they're going about this the wrong way. If anything, I'd be trying to almost, like, I know this will never happen, but it's in a way kind of partner up with AEW. You know, like Vince Russo has kind of been on this this thing. of oh, like, oh, yeah. You know, it's a conspiracy theory. They're actually working together. No, they're not. They're not no. working together. Like, I don't believe that at all. But you know what? It might actually be a good thing if they were, if it were akin to like what was going on with ECW, where they would say, hey, you know, we will help you, you know, and you help us. And maybe we can do some cross brand stuff together. I wouldn't even want that, man. I want competition. I want healthy competition. I think this is what WWE need. They don't need somebody to work. They need somebody to push them. Well, yes, I agree. But what what I guess where I'm going with that is that so if. Could you imagine, because Cody and this group, they are not going to let Vince tell them what to do. That's the whole point of yeah. AEW. Yep. Like, that's the whole point. Yep. But what I'm saying is, instead of Vince looking at them as like, okay, I can't, like with these superstars, I can't let certain superstars go. 
because I don't want them to go to AEW. It's like, no, 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 don't be precious with that. If they want to go and you have nothing for them, let them go. Then when it comes to, you know, how you treat AEW, maybe once in a while, it would be amazing if you could get some kind of cross-promotional thing for just maybe a pay-per-view to get a real, like, Survivor Series type thing going on. And for that one pay-per-view, you guys work together. Uh, like that crossover special? Yeah, Survivor exactly. Series? Oh, no. bro, yeah. You know, you know oh, I mean? man, that'd be smart money. That's you know smart money now. We just both can that. eat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just like how ROH and New Japan just did their, their joint pay-per-view, right? Yeah. Like, why doesn't Vince think about it along yeah. those terms? It's like, hey, you know, we could in terms of ratings and getting people talking like, Oh my God, that never happened with WCW and WWE for real. You know, it was the invasion storyline happened after he had already bought WCW, but But they're legitimate separate, but you know, like, all right, this one time a year, they have like a deal. They'll split the profits. I don't know how they're going to do it 50, 50, whatever. It'd probably be straight up 50, 50 because that's what it has to be. They would would have to be. Right. Right. You know, I think that's where it would probably break down business wise. Exactly. Exactly. And they'll, you know, and, They'll just split it up on their side, how they'll divide that up. But anyway, exactly. but yeah, I can see that, man. You know, they can, they can both eat, man. Yeah. Like I just, I feel like there there's, you can compete in terms of just like, they have their show, you have yours. They're both on major networks and you guys are just trying to push each other to be the best, you know, that you can be. That can happen. Cody is in that group is not going to just, you know, say, Hey, we're going to have Vince dictate what we do with our show. No, I don't want that to happen. But at the same time, it would be amazing to actually see that, like in terms of just getting ratings and getting people like, whoa, what just happened? Like to have Kenny Omega show up on WWE and it's he actually just invaded. Like he's not a WWE superstar. He's still in AEW. Right. But we're promoting this cross-brand thing that we're doing, this one pay-per-view. And and that first one, they can say, hey, one time ever, first time ever, never before, never again, kind of like with John Cena and, and The Rock that, you yeah. know, it took place. Typically, that's bullshit, though. It was. It was. That's why I laughed because I'm like, never before, never again. Like, and then before it the shield. The next year. How yeah. many times was like, oh, never, never again, never before? I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm what? just saying that's how you pitch the first one because this is what WWE always does. It's never the first. It's never gonna be the last time when they do it and it works. Yeah. They're gonna do it again and again and again and again. But who cares? Undertaker last that way match. the first time, right? <laughs> <laughs> For the first one. You, they're going to do it anyway, so you might as well use it. They will just say, hey, man, this will never happen again. Watch this one. And then, oh, back by popular demand, we're doing it for the second time. But right, they right. Never do this yeah. Again. And then yeah. when it tells out, they'll just keep doing it. Like, you know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Typical oh, WWE Typical fashion. WWE. Yeah, that's what they do. But, you know, I, I guess the point, though, is for me is like, it's, I think Vince is too precious with it and telling these superstars like, hey, you can't tweet about, you know, AEW is silly. And there's some opportunities in the other way where, you know, once in a while you could actually even some superstars, like, instead of saying, you know, oh, we're going to, you know, just be patient and wait around and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a push for you. Just wait. No, you know, you don't have a push for that person. You know, you don't have any plans for that guy. Let them go or that woman. Let her go and let her try to make money and be the superstar that she or he wants to be in AEW, you know, and then you can do a cross brand thing and then that could be cool. And you can bring that storyline in, you know, like, I don't know. There's just, I, I just feel like they're too precious with it. So, but it, it, that, that to me is something that will probably never happen. Um, I just feel like Vince 
it's just another example of just Vince being way too precious with with everything and being, yeah. like you said, that pure boss character versus being more open. So, yeah, man. And then, yeah, like, I mean, I just wanted to touch on Sasha and some of these other superstars wanting out and, like, some of the news is coming out with that. Yeah, man. So, Sasha apparently had a meeting with Vince McMahon, uh, which doesn't surprise me because with John Moxley showing up, he's probably like, oh, well. I better go talk to to some of these other superstars and see, you know, what's going on specifically Sasha because she's been out. Yeah, um, but but she's since WrestleMania, man. She has still not shown up. Um, and Bailey since you know they gave her the the championship. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion now. Um, which I feel like that was that happened specifically because of the Sasha Banks situation. Yeah, I don't know that if Sasha wouldn't have left, that Bailey wouldn't be that Bailey would still be champion right now. You know, I, I I just feel like they're doing this because Sasha left almost to say, hey, you know, see, look, we, we had plans for you. You know, we, we yeah. gave Bailey the championship. We could do the same thing for so you on Raw. Like, come back. Come on, man. It's it's, it's bullshit at, right. at the end of the day. Come on. You remember that speech they, they said this is the new era. Like, <laughs> you now, the WWE fans are now the authority. Bullshit. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. it, it now and if Vince has his way forever will be Vince McMahon's way it's Vince McMahon's WWE not our WWE so that's where I am you know, now very excited forever. by AEW yeah so <laughs> AEW I, I will be watching AEW every week you know we'll be talking about oh, that yes. on the podcast yes, we, will. We, will, we will be breaking that down yes sir oh for sure for sure I cannot wait and if I am any WWE superstar with my contract about to be up, man, do you have leverage right now? Like I, yes. I am seriously considering yes. going to AEW if I'm yeah. any of them right now. And then, and then if I'm at a point like if you push me like I'm just I lost my passion and at this point money is not an issue, I'm yeah. going to AEW now. Oh, definitely. You just lost a superstar. Definitely. Contract because John he didn't even look at the contract. Nope. He said he didn't even look at. It. Nope. He was he was out. He was done. Yep. He was he was done. He, was, he was just excited about the yep. the idea of having them offer him the contract and him being say, saying no thanks. Yeah. Like, you know, just just excited about that opportunity to just let them know to their faces like, "No, I'm not I'm not doing it. I don't I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done." So, yeah, it's it's gotten to that point. So, I, so I, one guy I think about right? him for him, him being a true professional too. You know, because yeah. when you're working for a job, you know, when when you're getting ready, like, all right, I think it's about that time, you put your two weeks in. Let them yeah. know, and you quit the right way. So just in case, yeah, if did. you want to come back, and, and he, that's what he did. He he, he he rolled it out. He rolled out to his contract. Now he get all his money. Even he get royalties from previous pay-per-views. He's smart. He is a smart man, so he is thinking about the future, too. So, you know, WrestleMania, all those... Saudi Arabia, he, he's getting paid. <laughs> he's, he's he's taken care of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smart on him, man. Good yeah. job for making that decision and doing that the right way, like you said. Like you said, for sure. Man, all right. 